0: Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Matt. Hey, it's me, Chris. Hi, Chris. How are you today? <laughs> I'm all right. Good. I'm very well. You are all right? Yes. It's always weird to split the podcast because we've obviously been chatting for about 30 minutes, but then we have to pretend that we've just bumped into each other. <laughs> Yes. Oh look, it's Matt. He's over. Oh there. look. Oh See? wow. Hey, how are you? I know you are. we are talking forty minutes. Um, cool. So uh, we're we we're, we're episode what forty two? Did you say? Forty two. Yeah, according to iTunes. Wow. And I'm 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 doffing my cap to their counting ability over ours. I'm thinking computers can do it better than me. So exactly. Okay, yeah. And Let them do it. Let the machines do the hard work. We'll do the rest of the stuff. Well, it's
1: only a matter of time until they take over and start numbering everything. <laughs> it's true <laughs> there will be just you know like bags of meat as giving them a food source or an energy source a bit like you know the matrix or any other kind of yeah, sci-fi or, or dystopian
0: future punchlines to what did the chicken cross the road jokes it's just like you know do it do it meat sack tell me <laughs> <laughs> so the movie bunker
1: podcast is the, the podcast devoted I'd say to the stinker or the, the, the critically panned movie
0: Yes. Would you agree? I would agree 100% with that
1: statement.
0: <laughs> From what I so watched do... over the last two years, I'd agree massively <laughs> with that statement.
1: We watch the film um, and then we review the film. And then we, then we yeah, get she... special people involved to talk to us about a film that is not well-received but they, they enjoy or they've got a soft spot for or, you know, some
0: deep love for. Yeah. And um, this is where we find people um, all over the place are desperate to speak about these films that they hold dear, but no one else seems to enjoy. So um, this week's episode, we've got The Kragus, uh, a well-known internet blogger and weirdly someone that sits two (laughs) seats behind me at work and we didn't even (laughs) know uh, that we were both kind of um, movie fools. Uh, So uh, we had a good long chat about Superman 3. So here's the interview. So it's Superman 4. Now I'm 4, 3. No one likes fucking 4. Okay. That's insane.
1: (laughs) I oh, thought it
0: was Superman 4. Oh, God, you can't defend that heap of
1: shite. <laughs> okay, sorry, do you want to do that a bit again? I thought you got it wrong.
0: <laughs> no, nah, that's fine, I'll leave that in there, because I thought the same thing. <laughs> he went, oh, we, I want to do Superman 3. I went, oh, is that the one radioactive man? That is shit. He's like, no, 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 the other one, Richard Pryor. I'm like, oh, right, okay. Hello, and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. Uh, today, I'm going to do something I've never done before. i just touched my guest (laughs) uh my guest is
2: it's not a me too moment
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe i should have asked for permission first yes sorry so yeah my guest today is craig
2: um tell us a bit about yourself craig um i blog about movies on a site called what the craggers saw and I tweet about it under the handle the craggers I've been doing that for about six years now I think it'll be six years in June ah, that's a long time it, it is for a blog apparently most 90 percent of blogs fail within yeah. about six months <laughs> um, and I've come close a few times to inject it all in but still here uh, it all kind of came about from the increasingly lengthy Facebook statuses oh. after having been to the cinema um, and then deciding that Facebook wasn't really the best place to clog up everyone's feeds with it. Yep. So uh, moved it onto a blog and yeah, just kept going from there.
0: You, you do watch an insane amount of films there, don't you?
2: Yeah, I think it's roughly about 100 in the cinema year and then maybe about f- between four and five hundred in total on any kind of platform. So yeah that's a lot I consume a lot of media <laughs> <laughs> how do you fit it all in do you um I, I will watch on I'm not a cinematic aesthete. it doesn't need to be on a perfect huge screen it doesn't need to have perfect Dolby sound I will watch a film on uh, a mobile phone on an iPad if I'm on a train journey I can watch half a film and break and do something else and come back to it and Yeah. still kind of keep the threads so I just fit it in whenever I can um and yeah, generally, I've always got a feel. I watch very little TV. It's it's always usually a film.
0: Right. Okay. So apart from obviously the we, we've heard you. So to explain why I can touch my guest today <laughs> is um, we actually both work in the same office. Um, and it was a bit strange because um I knew Craig blogged, um, uh, but my uh, my normal co-host doesn't or didn't rather. Um, and he was like, hey, I found this guy on Twitter. I think we should try and get him for an interview. And I'm like. I know that guy. I've got, I've got an in. I, got, no, I reckon I might be able to get an in. What do you reckon I should do? Is like I, I might just lean over my shoulder and shout <laughs> out. Should we interview the guy? So yeah. So uh, yeah. Weirdly, Twitter is
2: a small world. It's a, it's a small,
0: world <laughs> incredibly so. So okay. So normal. Before we get into your film, our normal setup questions are then. Uh, of the last year of all the 500 odd films you've watched maybe focusing more on the sort of cinematic releases what film were you most looking forward to that turned out to be
2: a biggest disappointment I'm going to consult my letter <laughs> this is the drawback of seeing so many films Is and I tend to try and keep a very positive attitude towards films I mean as I say in my Twitter bio I'm a movie lover not a movie fighter I haven't got yeah, time yeah. to kind of go out and fight about whether a movie was good or not and if i don't like something i usually review it that way and then move on (laughs) the exception being some zack snyder films which just pick at me and the worst one was star trek into darkness which i cannot let go of right it just grates all of my nerd nerves for every conceivable reason um but i didn't choose that one to review today it's going to be the one that surprised everyone by dropping onto Netflix at 2am in the morning when they hoped <laughs> nobody was watching, which was the Cloverfield Paradox. Now, I have a kind of love-hate thing with J.J. Abrams. I think he's, he often over-fluffs his stuff. Right, yeah. Um, I think he's a very good director if you wants somebody to homage a previous director's style. Yes. I think he's not terribly good if he... um it to do him. his, his <laughs> Yeah. Um, but if you think of Super 8, he he evokes Spielberg effortlessly if you look at The Force Awakens he gets that Star Wars vibe
0: Super 8 was ruined by lens flare for me though because it was
2: insane yeah you have to look past the lens (laughs) flare it was burning my eyes uh, use 3D glasses but don't have on a 3D TV (laughs) it kind of dims it down Um, but I think when he's given his own narrative freedom he doesn't necessarily have a style I think that's why he didn't work very well for me with Star Trek because Star Trek doesn't have a house style that no. he could latch onto, so he went for the next best thing, which was our audition reel for Star Wars. Uh, the Cloverfield paradox is is just unbelievably weird
0: It is. It, it, it wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, obviously, no one was expecting anything, let alone But were the,
2: were the cast expecting what they delivered? Because they all seem to be acting in different films. One of them's in a slapstick body <laughs> horror comedy thing. Um, Chris O'Dowd just basically plays the guy from the IT crowd in space. Yeah, but with an arm that's missing. So you've got this kind of... But wasn't it also hunting him down the arm? or Yeah, for no apparent reason. And then... Um, there's various things that happen and that I think that might be what the script said
0: yeah various things happen <laughs> yes
2: people are in this room various things happen um, and then I think I agree with you, I think I was incredibly excited that this happened it's like oh, yeah. then it was, oh. it was the dawn of a new kind of distribution method yeah. is this how it's going to work and they went oh no that's the reason they dumped on Netflix with that much fanfare oh, okay shit just put it out
0: no point doing a trailer because it was like you know, no, there was no trailers or anything well the trailer was at the Super Bowl there was a it Super
2: Bowl was, thing and it just yeah it was a Super Bowl advert and it said uh, go watch it now which yeah. I'm, I'm sure the Super Bowl people were very <laughs> pleased about brilliant yeah but yeah because um, I would liked Cloverfield um the original one yep. I loved the uh, one in the bunker Cloverfield Lane yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane. That was that was a brilliant one. That was I didn't even mind the kind of abrupt third act gear change where it becomes a very different kind of movie. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's yeah. seen it, but there's a a thing that you're not sure of throughout the, most of the film, and it turns out that it's true, and that yeah. worked for me. Um, but this, this just seemed to not have a clue where it was going, what I wanted to say, and it would just no. throw an idea at the screen. And make a mess.
0: Yeah, it was... um, Because it kind of tries to explain away how the monsters come about, doesn't it? But that almost feels tagged on at the very, very end. It was like, ah, this is how suddenly uh, there were monsters in
2: the bay. And also monsters in in the rest of the the stories. It's it's meant to explain this is the thing that caused... That. ...all the others. But I think that's also symptomatic of a, a current trend, which is the need to have everything explained and in canon.
0: Okay, so uh, the inverse of that question then, what was a film that you thought would be poor and turned out to be more than you could have ever hoped? Maybe we that, but somewhere between the two, <laughs> better than you expected. Did you watch Aladdin actually, seeing the output there, is that any good?
2: Yeah, oh God, that that would be the one actually, if we can do a really up-to-date one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I actually posted a GIF from the original Aladdin on Twitter because I was so ready to do an I-told-you-so review of Aladdin. Yeah. And you know the bit where he points and his jaw drops? Yeah. <laughs> and that was me, because Aladdin, the, the live action, is really good. Right. Um, now, I'd seen the trailers, I'd seen Will Smith, I'd heard the songs, I thought they sound really flat for a bit of songs which sound flat coming through a laptop speaker. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh it does not sound cinematic. But on screen, um, it we're all we were all wrong to be skeptical. And we'd forgotten why Will Smith used to command twenty million dollars yeah. a picture. This is him giving that kind of prime nineties energy to it. I don't um, think I see whether or not Will Smith has been uh,
0: in any really stinking films. I mean, After Earth, you can't really count because he's in it for like. It's not, he's not in it, he's not like, carrying counting. You can
2: count thing. After Earth, because he basically directed that. It's something to play with his son with. It. It was like, instead of giving him Lego, you go, hey kid, do you want to be in Yeah, I know, I'll hire this M. Night Shyamalan guy, but I won't let him direct it. I'm just <laughs> going to tell him exactly how to set up these shots and how to film it. And I know you're not very good at acting, so we'll give you a part with no emotion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, in this, he is he's so much more than the kind of, I don't know, fresh hitch of Agrabah that you might be (laughs) expecting. Um, And then they do some really clever stuff with Jasmine's story arc, and they give the genie more of an arc. Um, The only thing that lets it down is Jafar is just miscast, he's not menacing, he's not credible as a villain. Right. But the musical numbers, the changes they've made, and the kind of slightly modern feminist twist they've given to Jasmine actually makes it a better story. So yeah, it's, it sits alongside the original.
0: So your um unpopular opinion, guilty pleasure slash uh, film that you love to torture yourself with is? Superman 3. Superman 3. Play the trailer. <laughs>
3: For adventure. It's time for Superman. Alexander Salkine presents Christopher Reeve and Richard Pryor in Superman 3. Now, the evil threat is not a mere superhuman, it is a supercomputer. What will it do for me? It'll do anything you tell me to tell it to do for you. A machine so powerful it can change the weather, control the earth. Now, getting down to business. And even reprogram Superman.
0: You never get
3: here. Well, I hope you don't expect me to save you, because I don't do that anymore. Now, his evil side is creating a global energy crisis. Destroying the wonders of the world. And playing havoc with the world games. The Man of Steel has become his own worst enemy. You're going to go down history as the man who killed Superman. No, but he's still our only hope for survival. I ask you to kill Superman, and you're telling me you couldn't even do that one simple thing. Come on, please. All right, Webster, the game's over. Will he conquer his evil side and conquer the super machine in time to save the world from destruction? three this time is going to be the best time of all
2: okay Superman three
0: why did you pick this film
2: uh, well because I wasn't going to pick Superman four nobody's going to come <laughs> on and say that's a pleasure um, I Superman three for me is it's a kind of cozy nostalgia film. It's a nice, happy, light-hearted superhero film, which nice. is very rare these days. It's an interesting continuation from Superman 1 and 2 in the trajectory they were going. yeah, um, It's got some surprisingly strong callbacks, even to the first film, which I watched recently as well. Um, but I think the main thing is it's almost way ahead of its time in that it gives us what I would say are reimagined or reinterpreted versions of classic Superman characters right um but they just weren't badged that way, they weren't interpreted that way, so I think you've got the um, evil Superman. Yep. So there, there's your cinematic version of Bizarro, who's never been attempted on screen before. So this but is a tough ask, isn't it, to be fair? antithesis of Superman yes. is there. Um, in the Gus Gorman, um, Ross Webster created supercomputer, yep. which then begins assimilating people.
0: On the back of a fact packet.
2: Yeah, it's a brilliant. <laughs> like, I learned to program in COBOL last week, now I'm building supercomputers um that's 70s and 80s logic that's 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 one of its charms um but in there you've got effectively a cinematically credible brainiac yeah um and i think you look at some of the films these days where they've subverted villains or interpret very different ways i mean iron man 3 with the mandarin that kind of thing hmm. and people love it or hate it but they go oh i see what you were doing there yeah and i just don't think it gets enough credit for that
0: no. Um, so I, watched this last, well, I watched this last night, and um,
2: I think you're right. Like
0: it, it, as soon as it started, it felt like I was having a lovely little cuddle.
2: Yeah, it's, it's got this weird... I mean, all the other Superman films from that original Christopher Reeve run start in space with the swooshing yeah. letters, um, getting progressively cheaper as the budget gets smaller. <laughs> with Superman 3, you get this kind of weird, almost Jacques Tati-esque slapstick routine yeah, going
0: through it's an inspector clouseau opening rather yeah. than uh
2: but if you want it introduces you to nearly every single key player of that film yeah because you get clark kent you get ross webster's um bit on the side played by pamela stevenson she's great in this um, it's a fantastic character yeah and it's there's something so familiar about those 80s films that were filmed on street sets where you know it's the exact same set in a dozen <laughs> yeah. movies um, and it's very superman of that era um if you think back to like the fight in superman 2 it was on that street set and this is the yeah. same street, but it's in daytime they, they've lit it differently and just these lovely little moments of everyday life for superman it it grounds him in a way that I think later Superman films where it's all the God among us never get we never get that connection to Clark Kent in the human world having an ordinary day and that's where this film starts you off at it's about the person not the power and that's how Superman 3 treats the entire character and I think it's a really interesting way of looking at it that has fallen far out of fashion but that's not the film's fault
0: yeah, I think from from Man of Steel, which was that very much centers on the fact that he's, you know, uh, separated from humanity and therefore struggles with some of the sort of humanity, hum, human esque uh, asks of his character, sort of thing.
2: Well, again, okay, in Man of Steel, he's he's a terrible role model in his father, <laughs> whereas in this, he's being raised by kindly folk who want to help, <laughs> help people, not some kind of objectivist isolationist madman. He won't let himself be saved
0: in a tornado. No. Even though he knows his son probably could nick it out. No worries. My
2: least favourite part of Man of Steel. Um, (laughs) Even worse than the, uh, yeah, let a bus full of your school friends die, that's fine. But don't go and rescue a dog and come back, which you could easily do without arousing suspicion. (laughs) Let me (laughs) pop off and we'll both die. Oh no, wait, sorry, the dog makes it. The dog makes it. Even Zack Snyder will not kill a dog.
0: (laughs) He's not that brave. (laughs) Uh, obviously, uh, you touched on Gus Gordon and Richard Pryor, um, and I think this is probably why I felt like this was a cuddle because um, I used to love the Richard Pryor films of that era. Stir Crazy. Stir Crazy, yeah. yeah. Um, Starlight, what's the tra- train one? Oh, Silver Streak. Silver Streak.
2: Yeah, and um, The Toy. Brewster's Millions. Yes, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, it was. Massive star at the time, um, and I remember being surprised to see him in this film
2: when I first watched it as a child. It's like,
0: oh, it's him. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, it, we've we've had a run of superhero films making the villain more yeah. relevant almost than the superhero. Um, Batman especially falls prey to this, um, and I, I think in some ways, Superman three leads directly to. Batman's trajectory which I'll, I'll talk about that later but um, yeah for a large part of the the early film apart from Superman's brief um, appearance in the, the opening credits mm. we follow Gus Gorman it's his story yeah. and for much of the film it is his story mm. um, and I think Richard Pryor has, has gone on record several times he did it for the paycheck he wasn't that impressed with the script but he still brings that kind of yeah. likeable PG friendly energy which is which is, must have taken some effort for because <laughs> it's not his, his natural wheelhouse um, but yeah he's there I, it's almost like you could slot Gene Wilder into that film somewhere as well and you'd go off in a very different direction y- you could have cast him as but Lex it, Luthor in it it would have been amazing uh, <laughs> yeah and of course they didn't get Lex Luthor back um, because this time it wasn't going to be a property scam but they, they clearly got a Lex Luthor standard who just <laughs> invented this new businessman
0: yeah um, I did enjoy uh, him learning to program and then because um, obviously he comes about from the, the scam that he creates he gets used to the big bad the big bad businessman, yeah. Um and it does appear that Computers have gone backwards somewhat because back then all you had to do was type what you wanted them to do.
2: Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Take half cents, put them in my account. <laughs> yeah, he, he He's programming in a language that just uses uh, ordinary English syntax, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, without context. I, <laughs> my only theory is that Microsoft, which must have been in its early days then, found yeah. that uh, that company's operating system, bought them, and shut them down because <laughs> they made it too easy. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, the computing in the it is, it is hilariously simplistic. It's
0: brilliant. And there's a there's a, a scene later on where, um after being hired by... I can't remember the name of the bad guy. Uh, Ross Webster and the company's Websco. Websco. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he gets hired by him because he um, showed his skills with the uh, programming.
2: <laughs> yeah, he goes from unemployed dishwasher to lead Programmer in the space <laughs> of about a week, I think in ter- in the movie's timeline yeah, so um
0: after being hovered by uh, Robert Vaughn's uh, Ross Webster um, and been told to take out Columbia's coffee with a satellite that they're not aware of which is used for monitoring weather, which can also be used weirdly as a side effect to control weather
2: yes because by altering software you can build lasers in space <laughs> and shoot countries uh, to, well he doesn't shoot the country does he he shoots the ocean off the coast of Colombia yeah. and then that causes but before
0: weather. that he's like trying to do it so he's like um, and bearing in mind it's plain English he has to type in <laughs> send tornado yeah, Columbia. Um He accidentally starts fucking around with some traffic lights <laughs> in real time and manages to send a man in England a letter.
2: Yeah, he inflates somebody's credit card though, doesn't he? Um, and he smashes his wife in the face with a grapefruit. And that wife is played by Sandra Dickinson, yeah. um, which for me is a lovely little in-joke because there was a period of time when they were both quite famous where both her and Pamela Stevenson who plays uh, Lorelei yep. were often mistaken for each other and were treated quite interchangeably <laughs> as, as actresses so I just, it's, for me it's a lovely nod that she's in there um, and geeky fact I think she was married to Peter Davison at the time so yes. she was the fifth Doctor and also sang on Button Moon
0: was she not also in
2: Doctor Who? no I don't think so That's a thing no I don't think she ever had a guest part in that she was in some sci-fi I remember it was like 7 Shorts everyone was in Blake's at some
0: point, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, yeah, just before that scene, actually, um, he, he wears the the best comedy hat as well with the huge yes, the huge foam <laughs> stetson, <laughs> which actually I mean, made me laugh out
2: loud when it came on screen, even though I'd obviously seen it before. But that comedy montage piece is integral to that vibe of Superman that they had at that time. Yeah, and people saying it's. Due to the more comedic <coughs> tone, it's like they need to go back and watch the original Superman because the original Superman had tons of silly visual gags like that. Superman 2 had it as well mm. with the guy inexplicably buying a, a cream pie in the middle <laughs> of the superhero fight that remarkably gets flung in someone's face. Um, it, it's always been part of that kind of late 70s, early 80s vibe, but yeah. A, the power of that programming, he basically invented Siri before Siri worked. <laughs> hey, Siri, um, Siri that worked.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it does. He sends off his little uh, tornado to Colombia, where there is some. This is just like a side story of these competition winners that also gets into Columbia and yeah, get caught up in the tornado.
2: Because one thing Superman 3 <clears> does is it kind of. I think acknowledges the fact there's nowhere really to go with the Superman-Lois Lane thing after the events of Superman 2. Yes. Um, And then it quite inelegantly just unceremoniously dumps her from the film but finds that it still needs to give things to Jimmy Olsen and Perry White to do. So Perry White gets this ridiculous bingo (laughs) subplot. He sends winners (laughs) off to Columbia and basically wherever he sends them uh,
0: Bad shit happens. Yeah, and
2: disaster is is, uh, caused and Superman saves them um but
0: I like the wedding scene as well because I, I did notice that a, a um a rubber rock moment where um the, <laughs> when the um when the, the the church starts to fall down and there's the, the vicar sort of carrying on the floor and just before they put away this um rock falls from the ceiling and just bounces off his head
2: yeah that's right yeah because otherwise <laughs> you're stone dead thankfully um uh, Brody got programmed that into the uh the computer either
0: that or it's just the you know an inception story for a new superhero we didn't even know about he was hiding around in Columbia pretending to be a priest
2: a secret Kryptonian leaking <laughs> out his days as a local vicar.
0: <laughs> I see no reason why he wouldn't do that <coughs> actually when he, uh, Superman goes off to as well to Smallville yeah um, they, they come across a, a large chemical fire um, <coughs> and <laughs> the southern man's out of a burning building, shouting, "Help me! I'm burning! I'm burning!" <laughs> he ignores that guy completely
2: and just goes save some people that are pretty much safe. See, and that's foreshadowing the whole Zack Snyder thing that's coming. That, that's the thing that's really clear now. Um Yeah, it, it's a bit of a miss in what is actually a really good Superman set piece. Like he yeah. does Superman things in there. He flies around. He goes off and freezes an entire lake <laughs> surface. Um, and then carries it and drops it and then puts out a fire. It introduces us to Chekhov's acid. Yes, uh, it has Which we the, need to learn about. A because, huge rumour of foreboding. Um, because it comes in useful later. Um, it also handily parks Jimmy Olsen because he does breaks his leg. Um, he gets fridged. Yeah. <laughs> he gets semi-fridged. Maybe, maybe put in a salad crisper. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he's he's not... I think he's focused on the bigger picture, and we we can forgive him that. He, he obviously doesn't have the budget to do super speed to attend to all the, the minor
0: And he couldn't injuries. do the, the world thing again. and no, he, he does that for people, he's going to bone. I mean, we,
2: <laughs> just on that spinning world thing, what is your interpretation of what actually happens there? Because this is a, always a, an interesting question for me.
0: Uh, well, well I, I'm not... Trying to get too sciencey. <laughs> um, he spins the world backwards very much like um, Ferris
2: Bueller tries to do with the Porsche. <laughs> so you think he actually physically spins the earth backwards? Yeah, to try okay. and rewind time. See, I think that's that, how time works. Well, I've always figured it was our point of view that made the world look like it was going backwards. And what he actually does is he flies fast enough to travel back in time himself. That would actually make more sense. And wouldn't have the devastating geological <laughs> <laughs> impact of halting the world and then turning it So yeah, he actually goes back. He's travelling back time. in time. We're observing it from a fixed point so it looks like the world is going back. We're spinning backwards. But yeah. I think the prevailing notion is that he does spin the earth backwards, backwards. and somehow that causes time to reverse. <laughs> as if we're a giant clockwork spring. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. But he doesn't do that. He just lets that guy burn to fucking
2: death. Well the there are fire crews all around, I'm sure he, he only suffers 30 to 40 percent burns. <laughs> help me, I'm burning. I mean, See, now in the, the co- presence of mind
0: as well, <laughs> whilst burning, to point out to the surrounding people that you need help. He's
2: probably a classically trained actor. And he's burning. <laughs> Method. But in this day and age, <laughs> we know that that guy would come back in like... A, another Superman 4 where he'd be yeah. bent on vengeance and he'd yeah. be like the Burn, burn Man, man. <laughs> he, w- he would make more sense to be the guy in the wheelchair that blows up the Senate for reasons in yes. Batman vs Superman
0: because he never got saved instead he saved the people on top of that. but it
2: was a more innocent time and we weren't into we, unpicking the liability issues of superheroes. we just wanted to see him burn <laughs> Uh, we did,
0: I did briefly well, we mentioned a couple of times Lorelei's, um Pamela Stevenson's character um, I think this is a, a hugely great feminist character hidden <laughs> behind a pair of, uh, behind a push up bra
2: yeah there's um, the joke is that she is playing. yeah 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 the whole playing thing playing the uh, rich bozo for all she's worth while being smart as a cookie and it, it is they've they've kind of made the joke meta-textual by hiding all of that character behind what used to be referred to in the 70s as something for the dads (laughs) (laughs) Um, she's the Leela of uh, Superman 3 but yeah they've they've got that lovely scene later on where she's um, reading a book on philosophy and then throws it under the cushion and picks up a trashy magazine as they come in Um,
0: (coughs) yeah uh, with an amazing quote just before and it's like oh why is it blah, blah 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 I can't even remember it it was that complicated um, I'm sure it's spot on
2: <laughs> yeah I, I'm not going to argue with her she really <laughs> knows her style. Um and then we see her kind of reveal her true colours when she already knows how to use the um, Gorman supercomputer at the end
0: yes do we think Superman boned her evil Superman because later on in the film she was like but what about last night and he's like I'm
2: not that guy anymore it's It's an interesting question. It's been asked before. There is a very famous essay called um, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex, um, (laughs) which goes into painstaking biological detail about the likely problems of interspecies mating. Um, But it's... I'm going to say he didn't sleep with her. I think he was probably very charming. They had a very romantic evening.
0: But he was evil Superman at the time. He
2: was evil Superman at the time, but the fact
0: And he tried to hit on Lana. He was like,
2: hey but the fact fuck that those guys it sounds <laughs> so for chat stuff without wanting to get too graphic the fact that she can still walk and has a spinal column that hasn't been severed suggests that they didn't
0: <laughs> but he's obviously able to control his uh, like general touch because he's like you know he, he walks past and brushes past people so he has perception he's not just going like I, I
2: <laughs> <smash how, laughs> to like smash at a smithereens no but I don't know how and how we've gone down this particular rabbit <laughs> hole but um generally when the mood takes you it's not the most controlled of circumstances it's True. Um, and the only confirmed time in that film that we know he's done anything like that he depowered himself first in Superman 2 oh he did yes he, he specifically into- depowered himself in order to <laughs>
0: <laughs> to save it from a super ejaculate
2: but it turned out to be reversible <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay alright well I'm going with that e bone down I'm sorry.
2: I, I, I think he was a perfect gentleman. Whilst being evil.
0: Um, I say evil because so, obviously he goes to be evil. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> even Superman's evil is everyone else's kind of man. Me- <laughs> because yeah, yeah. Like, what does he do? He kind of he fucks around with the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Ultimately saving it, I think, from eventually falling over.
2: Well, no, he comes back and tilts it. But back then, over is that not evil? <laughs> yeah, he blows out the Olympic torch. I mean, but that... He's basically
0: Bart Simpson as yeah, an evil.
2: But doesn't that feel like Superman? Like, super. It's it's. Flicks if you like the and peanuts at bottles. it's the precursor to um, Spider Man Three and Tobey Maguire's Struck Down the Street. His evil well, if you, was bad. But if you look at the nature of those characters, you have to push them a long way to even get to like naughty <laughs> before you get to like evil. I I don't think that Superman maybe given time had I mean he was dirty
0: though he got himself a little bit dirty
2: it, he did progressively so and we don't know he how he
0: sneered a lot uh,
2: yeah he didn't shave and uh, he wore a slightly darker wig than the other one yeah. because Christopher Reeve dyed his hair for the first two films wore a wig for three and four it did look a bit wiggy it doesn't quite look like natural <laughs> hair but It's like times. a helmet <laughs>
0: um, he also fucks around with an oil tanker flips open over my yep, blows up the Olympic
2: torch yeah he,
0: pretty he, much, isn't it? It's, it's he, it. He, try, he hits on Anna Lane and then he, he does you know as I pointed out,
2: definitely bones. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I think for you know what, I'm gonna put that alongside the um perennial question of love actually, of did Alan Rickman sleep with his secretary or was he planning to sleep with the secretary when he got caught?
0: Yeah, I think planning. I think planning. I think planning. So you
2: give Alan Rickman the benefit of the doubt, but Superman, Horn dog. Evil Superman. Evil Superman <laughs> Okay. Well, um. Alright,
0: naughty Superman.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Slightly grumpy Superman. Slightly
0: grumpy Superman. Like you say, in the previous films he depowered himself and had sex, so he probably thought to himself, I can do this now. Powered up. I'll just I'm gonna say pull out the last moment and make Please. this <laughs> Cut all this out. I don't want to talk about that super ejaculate <laughs> sorry super ejaculate staying in <laughs> which is maybe what he said <laughs> oh no <laughs> sorry You um, <clears throat> mentioned Rob Ross Webster played by Robert Bourne um, Man of Shield a, uh, not a, man, from man from Uncle, Uncle yeah uh, I loved him in uh, that so it was, it was weird to see him as a bad guy I, guess.
2: I think he, I've, I've read an interview once where he he um he said that's why he took it because it was, it's fun to play a bad guy and he'd just never done it he'd always had this kind of square-jawed hero yeah, yeah. kind of <coughs> roles so he went yeah wh- why wouldn't you? Um, why wouldn't you?
0: <laughs> Going for the pay packet but he that character not someone from the
2: comic books I'm not huge DC literary wise I don't think he was from the comic books beforehand whether or not they we introduced, him, introduced him afterwards is, is possible um, he's very clearly a, a stand-in for Lex Luthor I think there's, there's mixed reports there's all these reports that Margot Kidder and Gene Hackman and indeed Chris Reeve were not happy with the way the Salkins who produced it had treated Richard Donner he was sacked right. in Superman 2 and it was finished off by Richard Lester who went on to direct this one Yeah. Um, but all of the people involved have subsequently come out and said no that's not true Gene Hackman couldn't reprise the role because of scheduling conflicts, and did actually make the point that if you keep having the same bad guy, it becomes very yeah, tedious. You can't keep doing. Um, so they kind of went, "Oh, you're right. We'll have the same kind of bad guy. Let's <laughs> get a different person." Um, Margot Kidder has also confirmed that she there was no falling out. Yeah. Um, although I, I don't know because she was very outspoken at the time, and it she's so unceremoniously pushed out of the film and then dragged back in for the last five minutes that you kind of go they could have given her something else to do I mean I think they had to give room for the Lana Lang thing to work Um, and yeah where do you go with the Superman Lois Lane I think Superman 4 has that problem a lot with uh, Lois Lane because I think from memory he, he tells her he's Superman again and then kisses her in the space of a ten minute sequence
0: yeah oh it takes the memories away again
2: yeah I mean thank god Men in Black don't do that because that'd be a very different film if that was their neuliser technique everyone <laughs> gather round <laughs> oh god. <Stone> for kissing <laughs> uh, I suspect they were all pissed off because it's never nice to have a, somebody you're enjoying working maybe
0: have gone with the more money route is that what had happened like oh okay number three we want five million dollars
2: it could be I mean there's rumours that Chris Reeve didn't want to come back and was tempted back by more money and a little bit more script control yeah um, but in the end I think they needed to go somewhere fresh they needed to do something different because after you've told Superman and Lois and Superman and Lex then you've got Superman and uh, General Zod yeah. and Lex like, you why would he still be around? And I think it wouldn't have felt as fresh. Not that it feels particularly fresh, but the scheme to kind of corner the market in commodities. Yes. And it's like, well, you're just doing your land grab thing. Again. Lex, <laughs> but you're doing it with With a different character, it feels a little bit more... I mean, they layered. even did
0: that with uh, Superman Returns, didn't they? you' sort of like created money to make beachfront properties or yeah.
2: <laughs> he basically he didn't want to create beachfront properties he just wanted to create an entirely new continent and um, sell the land on that but it was it was basically a land scam again um, yeah that Superman Returns problem is that it it's so in love with Superman 1 and 2 that it can't tell its own story it yeah I think Brandon Roth is that.
0: probably the most Christopher Reeve of all the sort of recent Supermans yeah
2: and even the way the director who shall not be named um shoots it and sets up all the characters it's very much meant to be a continuation from yeah, well, 1 and 2 to that one
0: yeah because even the fact that like you know uh, Lois Lane's there and he's sort of gone away and come back again and there's that period where he's, he's disappeared and...
2: which weirdly canonises Supergirl <laughs> right right. because right at the start of Supergirl there's an announcement that Superman has gone off on a mission to search other planets and galaxies which is where Superman says he's been when he comes back in the <laughs> So, obviously, uh, Brian Singer wanted to get rid of Superman three and four, but felt that Supergirl deserved to stay in the mix.
0: I watched Supergirl a lot. It's one of those weird films I had on tape that
2: it I was, just smashed out. It a could lot. have been this. It could have been the film we're discussing now: <laughs> Superman three or Supergirl. I went for Superman three because I think it doesn't get defended enough.
0: No, but period is it Peter O'Toole?
2: Yeah, he's a marvellous time in that hang yeah. up.
0: And Peter Cook Who also well.
2: seems to be having slightly less fun than Peter, but I think Peter O'Toole was just absolutely pissed throughout the whole thing. <laughs> I think probably with Peter Cook on the set, there was no <laughs> chance to not be pissed. I don't think they just filmed him saying stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, that'll work in the film. Put those bits in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh I don't know we've got with the film. Um so yeah, evil Superman, then they
2: have a, 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 a quite a seminal fight in the uh, in the junkyard. Yeah, the the junk I mean of you can be quite harsh about most of the things in Superman 3. If they're oh. not to your taste or so you're not liking it. The effects are great for yeah. the time. The I mean, whether or not he was reluctant, Reeve Reeves, Reeve, Reeve, Reeves. Reeves, Reeves <laughs> always delivers I mean his performance as Superman stroke Clark Kent is still the best one that's been done by anyone yeah I mean he literally is the only one I can think of that genuinely convinces me that a pair of glasses could fool people around him yes um, I always remember that there's a magical moment in the first Superman movie I think when he's in Lois's apartment and he decides to tell her yeah and he takes off the glasses and his entire physicality changes
0: yeah the confidence and and
2: you see him stop being Clark and suddenly become Superman. Yeah. And I don't think anyone else has quite now they may not have had a script that allowed them to, but nobody's ever quite done that on screen. No. And he had no effects enhanced costumes. He literally <laughs> had spandex and then he he delivered that. Um, and I think he still brings that to this. And he brings that to Clark Kent, Superman and Naughty Superman. Naughty Superman. <laughs> but he, he he gives you three different characters. So the,
0: he kind of has this sort of duality, doesn't he? Where you can see, as he's evil, occasionally he's like a little... Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it sort of starts twinging his... Um, and This has come about because they've used space lasers to generate kryptonite, but he's put... Fake Kryptonite. he <laughs> it's, it's on the side of his fag packet. At and the it had time. the
2: same percentage. But that's how chemistry works. So.
0: <laughs> and um, yeah, so the unknown thing they replaced it with tar, so it wasn't like full kryptonite, so it didn't fuck him up entirely. But no,
2: but and there's another comic deep cut that would be like applauded as an Easter egg now. But you've got yeah. effectively red kryptonite and black kryptonite from the comics, yeah. given its kind of two effects. Right there, and it's they put it in the movie, but they haven't done it in the way that we do now, where it's kind of a wink and a nod to the audience. going <laughs> if you've read this, you one. See the yeah, <laughs> um, they just kind of put it in there, and it's it's part of why it's a really comic booky movie. Yeah, and we haven't even touched on the whole Smallville plot yet. No, which bringing an entire. I'm um, going back and watching the original Superman. Um, it wasn't the same actors, obviously. But I loved the fact that Lana and Flash are characters in that first Superman movie. During his high school days, they yeah. both have speaking parts. So they're not just randomly plucked from Superman lore and put in the third film. It they're is there. a callback to that yeah, yeah. very early Smallville scene. I like
0: the fact as well that during the, uh, the sort of, uh, school reunion they used actual pictures they didn't fucking photoshop like three people together and make it look shit because as we know from every film ever no one can do photoshop in hollywood no they just just cut (laughs) and then stick it on like the picture of their granddad next to a dog and (laughs) that's enough um so yeah they use actual pictures, so it worked. You go, Oh look, that's yeah. a young Clark Kent and that's a young uh her, Lana Lane. Um yeah, and uh was it Brad is the the drunken
2: Yeah, no he was familiar to Young Movie Going Me as Jack Pitachci from Never See Never Again, which I think came out in the same year, it's probably nineteen eighty three, yeah, would have been. Um, right yes. So he plays that. And I think he's and been in a couple of other Willow. films. He was, yes, he was in Willow, that's right. Yeah. He was the guy who knew Mad Mardigan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the, he was like the good version of Mad Mardigan that still played for the army. Or, yes, yeah. yeah. Willow's a good film. Um, so, did, yeah, did you want to make any other points about the Smallville section? I mean, uh, taking over... Shitty Parent, by the way, So can we say... You got, you, Kids runs off, smacks his head, about to get run over by a Common Arbister. She's more concerned with her crappy car.
2: <sighs> we've all done that. <laughs> we've all turned around and let our child um, wander off into running through a cornfield. I know Mr. and Mrs. May must have done at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a setup for a cute, a meat cute of Superman and, yeah. and um, the little boy whose name I can't remember. Um, but I think Annette O'Toole does a really good job of bringing in a character who some fans aren't going to be happy because it's not Lois, and she's kind of getting in the way, and she she brings a different energy like than Margot. She's a legit character, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she is from the comics, um, but she brings a different energy to it. Um, mm. She brings a different kind of relationship to, to Clark, and I think you see a slightly different Clark with her as well, because Lois is very kind of in command, very yeah. dominant. Uh, he's don'ting Lana's, a yeah as Lana's well as, a bit more um, it's a bit more meeting of equals with Clark I think they've got yeah. that shared history and both the actors bring that through really well um, and it kicks off the kind of longevity of you get a part in a Superman property you can probably get a part in another Superman property later because she went on to be um, yeah. Martha Kent in Smallville yes, yeah. yes. Um, is there any other crossovers? There isn't it there? that's it no, but then you've got the current Supergirl series. Helen Slater is Martha Kent and Dean Cain is Jonathan Kent.
0: So, oh, right. I didn't know that. I yeah, you know.
2: either... Li- you die the superhero or you live long enough to become but the superhero. <laughs> okay, <laughs>
0: Cool. Okay, um, which probably brings us to the conclusion of the film where, so as you mentioned, uh, Richard uh, Pryor's character... Um, isn't happy with being able to control the world's weather and various other bits and pieces from someone's piece well, by this of point.
2: He's getting, he's having misgivings. He's never entirely sure of what they're doing. He's starting. He's never to, full evil. No, uh, and I think he's starting to really have doubts. But um, by this point, Robert Vaughn's ambitions know <laughs> no bounds. Um, they they never quite decide. I think whether or not he's kind of evil but spurred on by a sister in a kind of Lady Macbeth style mm. or whether they're both just shits um, <laughs> but I think you, you start to see a division between the quartet of bad guys in that Pamela Stevens and Richard Pryor start to yes. pull back. They're, they're
0: too nice and they need redemption. Yeah and the Robert
2: Vaughn and um, his sister Vera kind of go full on. <laughs> go full evil. Uh, well she... she uh, probably goes further than most by becoming she the does. very first on-screen assimilation <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so they create this uh,
0: you know brainiac kind of yeah. uh, large uh, uh, supercomputer mm-hmm. more than a supercomputer really because it's got like weapon systems and various yeah systems. They, they, they build you can stand on it for fuck's sake this is a big computer
2: <laughs> yeah it's, it's probably the cutting edge of portable home computers at and the they side.
0: decided to build it like halfway up the Grand Canyon which and we, you see a really weird delivery scene
2: with the helicopter yeah. delivering a crate, it's and never then, like, really people
0: important. in white, and then it's just like all you see is one crate, and then these guys fumbling around with it, and that's it. That's that's the that's, exposition you get on how this thing's fucking made in the. Okay, movie. so
2: okay. Superman three foreshadowed Siri. It's now foreshadowed IKEA. <laughs> like one box and all the parts, and then it's you like put it together. Big old. Uh, you need. There should be a little bag off to the side with like three Brugliac. screws and a dowel, <laughs> just saying. <laughs>
0: Some unused wood glue. Yeah. I don't need that. That's fucking fine.
2: Um, so, yeah, but it, it's such a, a great scene. I mean, we've got early 80s computer games in there. Yes. Um, which are kind of, that's how you control it. Okay, a game interface. But then, what, in 1998, Commander Riker flew the Starship Enterprise with a Thrustmaster 2 joystick. <laughs> Um, so, clearly, that is a valid opera, a way to operate advanced uh, technology. It wasn't the greatest idea,
0: was it? Because, I mean, cause, I mean you, at this point, Superman's been around a long time. Yeah. And people know of his sort of abilities. Chucking missiles at this guy is never going to... I mean, they got one big fuck-off missile that was like Thunderbird 2. Yeah, it
2: does, doesn't it? <laughs> Which... For me, when I was watching this at, I don't know, eight years old when it came out, I was like, ah, oh, cool. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they fire a bunch of missiles. And in their defence, maybe nobody's tried that before. We know people have tried shooting with a bullet. It's true. But I could maybe survive being shot in a bullet depending on where it went. You hit me with a missile, I'm probably not <laughs> going to be okay. Uh, <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Uh, but... Uh, yeah so it, it, and it delays his arrival but I think the gimmick of a machine that's kind of that open ended programming of you should be able to analyse and then figure out a way to defeat yes. anything is a great enemy for Superman and one mm. of the toughest things that any Superman film faces is actually a, a decent villain or a decent threat a threat to Superman that doesn't require you to depower him somehow yeah um and that's what the the computer in Superman three does. It it batters him with force beams, it traps him in weird plastic bubbles. It generates kryptonite beams. And then it figures out the formula for kryptonite. Yeah. Not quite sure how, but it's got the tar it it. thing. <laughs> it's like,
0: oh let's work it out. Yay. <laughs> um Probably Richard is tried to work out missing thing.
2: It's not tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's the start of a ten. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a great villain. Um and we we know he has to he has to retreat, and it's yep. it's quite a powerful moment for Superman, especially for those who are kind of now on his side, feeling that they've been abandoned because he just fucks off. Yeah, because no, I'm 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 feeling a bit under the weather. I'm going to take half day <laughs> off. I go. No, he turns out he's going back to um, the, the foreboding room, the, <laughs> the, the room from foreboding. earlier, uh, to pick up a jar of plot device, um, <laughs> and then he comes back. But in the meantime. We've then got this, like, really quickly realised story of, well, the computer's now out of your control as well because it's, it's gone Skynet on yeah, you. It's yeah. become self-aware. It doesn't want to be switched off. Yeah. Oh, you've tried to pull the plug. Well, it's just going to draw its power from the grid. Yes. Um, and then you've got classic 70s, 80s film of, oh, somebody's drawing power from a grid somewhere. Show me lots of blocks of cities <laughs> going dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, Even though it was day at the time. Yeah, it's it's got a really (laughs) uneven sense of time um, towards the end of that film because it's daylight in one place and night time in another, and you are going. I don't think they're that far apart. (laughs) Uh, If you are drawing power,
0: you tend to draw it from like
2: there. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's it's a good finale, arguably as good as the first Superman. Unless problematic because it doesn't have the is the spinning world spinning world, yeah. um, and actually because yeah,
0: you have him in proper peril and yeah. you have him not using just his strength so, yeah.
2: no he has to think his way out of a problem yeah. He's, yeah. Not, he's not punching yeah. his way to victory this time
0: no even though he probably could if he really
2: wanted to well he can't <laughs> get close enough I mean Next that's that's, that's the, the great zzzz. thing yeah. um, and then yeah I mean you've got in a PG film still a PG I think um, that Legitimately terrifying absorption of his sister, yeah. And she comes out as like a, I mean, it's, it's done beautifully through stop motion stuff where they obviously like shot a few frames, stuck another bit on, and yeah, but well, there's and a few she, characters that get kind of wrapped in the wire, which is but a great. But she gets effect. full on, like bolted, and then she opens the eyes, she's got the silver contact lens, and it's a magnificent moment. And when you're eight or nine, you're like, Jesus Christ, throughout the whole film. And I think these are what these,
0: um. The, the classic special effects films that stand up are the ones that use more physical effects Yeah. Than, uh, than, than the others I mean like the Star Wars films stand up today because they use models and not
2: it's the reason Jurassic Park still looks amazing. Yeah, because there was so many practical was effects. Physical, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and in this, like the flight, there's there's so many flying sequences but it's obviously on wire, yeah. being dragged around, but it doesn't ever look like that. It yeah. is that truly that like, you will believe a man can fly. Yeah. There's a there's a few where they're coming at you, which is clearly like a picture being pulled towards a camera. Yeah. Um, and it, it, but I like the I like the distance shots, but it's clearly something. In the sky, they're moving around, Um, and like you say, this again—it must have been practical. It's stop motion to wrap her up.
2: Even during the um, the chemical plant sequence, where he's ignoring individuals who are on (laughs) fire, um, there's some lovely wide shots there where he must have been on a hell of a high crane wire, and you see him kind of fly across the the whole vista. And it's real flame; it's not like CGI done afterwards. Yeah, but even. I mean I I guess they would have done some kind of perspective stuff for that to keep him safe but just the fact he was on a crane and he (laughs) was kind of 30, 40, 50 feet in the air while the camera rolls it's great it looks amazing
0: so um, eventually he uh, uses the the super acid which doesn't isn't it's not a threat to begin with because it's just acid acid, (laughs) I love the words it's just acid hey kids grab some of this why it's just acid just
2: acid yeah (laughs) everyone um, pops I've oh, brought you some acid <laughs> just acid sorry just
0: acid don't worry about it shall so I put up my plans may as well it's just acid <laughs> uh, so the computer goes just acid but it's acid that after being heated turns into a, a lava lamp and starts like melting yeah it turns shit into
2: basically tomato ketchup it looks like it's got that like, yeah. <coughs> uh, but it's enough to take down the world's first super, super evil computer first series if only uh, Linda Hamilton had known that in <laughs> yeah hold this for a minute yeah. <laughs> oh it's just acid <laughs> i see seen
0: nothing wrong with this uh, the redemption arc for Richard Pryor and uh, Lorelei characters in this uh, Pamela Stevenson um, is, is rapid as well, isn't it because I mean like from Superman's perspective he, he doesn't know that they've kind of turned he's seen like little glimpses of it so to speak but at the end like him and Richard Pryor are flying through the sky buddied up
2: I'm just trying. I, thought, I watched this yesterday as well. I'm thinking, do we actually know what happens to Pam Stevenson's character? I don't know. because I, I think can't she's remember. just left in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Guys! Um, Richard Pryor does save him from the kryptonite. He actively intervenes on Superman's behalf because he gets an axe and he smashes the beam emitters yes. that's shooting him. So I guess that earns him some, some kudos, some uh, super points. It <laughs> uh, earns and him a super ride. Because, yeah, he gets dropped off at a coal plant. Yeah. And then he gets given a job.
0: I was so he gets like with two go calls, like her.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so he,
0: not only does Superman save him and take him to the place, he gets him a job.
2: Yeah. In a coal plant, which probably leads directly to uh, more fossil coal. fuel and global warming <laughs> because he just improves coal production <laughs> by a million percent.
0: Like just typing into the computer mine more coal. Yeah. Be more efficient.
2: Yeah, he also pulls off one of my favourite all-time Superman stunts in a film, which is where he takes a lump of coal and he crushes that into a diamond. Um, Not only is it a fantastic Superman moment, but it's entirely responsible for me in first year science class, knowing that diamonds were a form of carbon, the same as coal, not because I'd read it in a science book, not because I'd seen it in a, a lecture from the Royal Institution or anything, I'd seen it in Superman 3 <laughs> and if nothing else that's why I love that movie
0: I was trying to think actually if I can think of other science I've regurgitated that I've seen in films and I know there's some I can't literally put my finger on
2: well I hope you haven't gone for the uh, turning the earth back reverse of time because <laughs> that's the shaky proposition or
0: the uh, 2012 uh, neutrinos are mutating.
2: neutrinos mutating always good it's always
0: good <laughs> yeah just shout that randomly <laughs> whenever you like what do you think of the potato salad the neutrinos mutating is, uh, is is always a, a good response to any question if push comes to shove. In a meeting for instance where you've kind of maybe dozed off a little bit and then someone goes Greg Greg.
2: What do you think? I think the neutrinos are, <laughs> are i try that again. I think the neutrinos are mutating. Actually yeah it is. It's like the 21st century's reverse the polarity. <laughs> Very
0: good. Okay so that uh, brings us to the end of the film entirely. Um, tonally then this film was um, very joyous, I found.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of people, and you, the people who tend to like the Donner cut of Superman 2, where it restores the seriousness, and basically the end of Superman was the end of Superman 2, the planned end of Superman 2. Right. Um, the time reversal doesn't happen until General Zod and everything has had their go at taking over the world. It's, yeah. it's a much more serious take on it and i think when they switched midstream for superman 2 and they brought in this lighter tone that clearly continued in superman 3. yes i think because superman 3 was a success i mean they they went on to make superman 4 eventually although the Salkins checked out after that um and famously it was made by canon in milton keynes for about 14 shillings <laughs> and six but I think the general audience reaction to Superman 3's tone stung Warner Brothers at kind of a fundamental deep psyche level. And so when they came to bring their next superhero to the screen, which was Batman in 89, they went gothically dark with Tim Burton. Yes. And then they saw the same pattern emerge, which is Burton dark, Burton darker, Schumacher light, (laughs) Schumacher ludicrous... And they saw the same fan reaction again. And I think they're twice burned now, which is why they seem so set on grim, dark seriousness. Yeah. With most the heroes. Is. I think it works for some. Batman can play in that area. He can also play in the very light camp area. Yeah. Though, from the 60s to the recent cartoon, The Brave and the Bold. He's a fun character, or he's a serious character, he can do both. Superman struggles if you make him dark. Yeah. Um, I mean, in
0: very basic terms, his livery itself does not lend itself to a dark no. tone. So, I mean, you can see, like, from the, the vibrant, contrasting uniform of Superman in the early days as it slowly moves forward to a much more muted to the point where you can't really define where his badge begins and his costume ends.
2: No, and then you, you saw when they um, tried to course-correct slightly in Justice League, the, they changed the colour tones of that costume again. They brought back some of the brighter colours. Yeah. Um it's almost I mean, Superman 3 does it itself. Dark yeah. Superman is naughty Superman. <laughs> Not he's Dark decided color Superman is good Superman. And I think it's he's always the the Boy Scout, the the bluebird, the the optimistic character. He's yeah. meant to be the best of us and it he struggles as a character when you try and push him into that morally ambiguous area.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose the the, uh, the Marvel equivalent would be uh, in the Boy Scout world is Captain America. Yes. And um, very successfully brought to life and kept that kind of... They didn't try and darken him. I mean, they obviously had moments of darkness in terms of his, 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 his story arc, but in terms of his outlook and his surety, always the same.
2: Yeah, he, he was the beacon of in quotes, American values um, against circumstances which darkened around him. Mm. And I think they tried to do the other way with Superman. which Darkened him. Darkened him and the circumstances remained kind of neutral. Um, And it it just didn't quite work. I think that's why the current DCU Superman's been so divisive. Um, And uh, ironically, why Shazam's probably been so warmly received. Although, again, box office not really there yet for that character. But Marvel is a history of you start off a character, the box office is good, it's a hit, but it's not spectacular. And then Iron Man, in three films, then made a billion dollars on its third film. Captain America was up every single time. Shazam could go the same way.
0: Yeah, could do. So do we think that this film, maybe Superman 3, is something that we can look back and feel that it didn't deserve its rating at the time? Because we had a look at the ratings before... Um. Obviously, Superman the original was the highest rated, I believe, yeah. out of them. Uh, Superman four was <laughs> the lowest rated. <laughs> Deserved this so. Uh, Superman two was. I think it was quite low, wasn't it? It was only like a
2: seven. And I think that's... it'd be interesting if they had historical data because I'd love to see what that score was before the Donner cut was released. Yeah. And then once the Donner cut was released, was that kind of a reaction of the the review bombing? yeah kind of going well we need to push this one down because it's not enough that our f- beloved films win all of the films must lose <laughs> um and I it's such know- a weird
0: action though isn't it it's like it is it's it's almost become tribal football kind of territory where it's like hey my team's winning i must make my team lose
2: yeah and again that's said at the top of the piece that's why i describe myself as a movie lover not a movie fighter i'm not yep. into that kind of um if people love the films they love, that's great for them, more power to them. Yeah. Um, but demanding that other people must love the things you love, that, that's And hate the things you hate yeah, is that, more weird. That's where I, I don't kind of uh, join in on it.
0: So, yeah, so, so uh, Batman, uh, Batman Superman returns and then the, the Man of Steel series. Um, I think it pushes this film into a brighter light. It, not literally, but I think it stands up better than the 5.3 that it got now.
2: I yeah, I, I think people saw it a lot I don't, I don't think it gets a lot of rewatches. watches I think <laughs> no. people saw it a long time ago and made their mind up and then kind of forgot about it Yeah But actually, it's a very cute, lovable Superman adventure It's not pretending to be world-shattering stakes No um, But it does what it does very well
0: It does, it does indeed Okay, brilliant Thank you for that, Craig Thank you um, Can you tell us where we, we can find you on the internet?
2: Um Basically, if you Google The Kragus, with two Gs, um, it's probably going to be me, whether it's Instagram, Twitter. Uh, the website is Um and if you want to kind of Engage and have a chat. Twitter is the best place to get me, which is at the Kragus.
0: You're not down with the kids on Instagram, then.
2: I'm trying Instagram. I still don't quite get it, but I'm trying to post more <laughs> stuff on I'm there. Say,
0: I don't understand <laughs> what happens. It's, I still have a picture. People like it, some people don't.
2: <laughs> I think at the moment, because I still deal mostly in written reviews, Instagram's a really weird place for that kind of
0: yeah i need to figure out how to make my stuff more visual okay thank you all right well um uh, as you mentioned you might be back you're Uh, happy to come back i'm
2: happy to come back
0: whenever you want me i'll come so we may see you again soon thank you craig
2: thank
0: you oh what a great chat cheers mate yeah it was good um and he's he's desperate to uh it started off a fire inside him, I believe, of wanting to talk about shit films that he likes. So that may well, the be more the last we hear from the Cragus, The more the merrier. Yes.
1: Yes. yes. But they, should, they shall succumb to our podcast. Join us. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on to the top five segment of the the guest pod episode thing. I, can't, I
0: still can't that... believe you haven't done a jingle of all your musical talents, that there isn't a top five jingle
1: you've lain you're lying down the gauntlet I'm, laying there, right? and
0: I'm doing it publicly <laughs> I'm slapping you across the face with the metaphoric gauntlet of challenge of creativeness and saying right me a top five jingle okay
1: well uh, let's consider it done it just means I won't be able to do a top five for the next episode because I won't have time
0: that's fine <laughs> no, I do. It. we could premiere the uh the jingle <laughs> after the next interview one and um see how that goes and then then we do another top five i don't know maybe okay we do...
1: well i'll get my, my get my creative juices flowing and and maybe i'll knowing me i won't be able to stop at one i'll probably do about fucking 16 and then A whole <laughs>
0: album of top five jingles <laughs> like an extended play
1: uh, once i start i can't stop um, if anyone hasn't seen or listened to my uh, Pokemon Go uh, song... <laughs> Stop, mate. I just it's not going to go viral. It, <laughs> it, it, it's not it, Baby Shark. Two, three, <laughs> it's three years too late as well. I mean, I, I did this the, this thing uh, and put it on YouTube, expecting it to just get the rack up the hits. The um, thing is, it
0: deserved it. It's better than Baby Shark, mate. I'm
1: yeah, well, there. I think if you search for the song, uh, Pokey Song, Go... Pokesong song go by the Gaptooth Tooth Brothers. Uh, it's my um, little invention. Well, two two uh, what South Deep South Hicks or something? I don't know. Um, <laughs> country and Western chaps singing a song about Pokemon. Check it yes. out on YouTube. It's everyone's talking about it. Uh, well, fifty odd people talked about it or watched it. Uh, anyway, yeah. and uh, only forty three of them are used. So that's pretty good for yeah, my normal yeah. stats. <laughs> anyway, top five. So I we basically. You've got a double. You've got a double whammy here because the last top five was yours, and it's yours again because we cocked up the running order of the top. I cocked
0: five. up. And what I thought was really interesting about the last top five, which was cocked up and then tagged on to our Doom episode, is that I actually mentioned Doom and several yeah. things about Doom in the top five. So it's kind of people like listen to it would have gone to themselves. Oh, he's already mentioned this. What? How? How devoid of fucking original <laughs> thinking? It's like literally just said this ten minutes ago. But in, in our defence, it was weeks apart that these yeah. things happened so <laughs> apologies for the repetition and once again apologies for the, the shitty sound quality which annoyed me because it was a really good podcast last
1: week oh last week was such a shame but look it, the content stage just got to listen a bit closer for it
0: yeah, get, get deep <laughs> in that, get deep in it well okay so this week the challenge was top five supporting characters that should have their own film
1: yeah, right. this is a great one. And this is uh, one that I was hoping I was saving for myself, in case you've run out of ideas.
0: <laughs> then you run out of ideas and had to use it. Interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, but yeah, this is a good one. But did you find this quite difficult? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it was quite tricky because... Um, the, the, you, you think of these characters first of all in your mind, and then you try to remember the ones which should have had their own film and stuff. And then I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll I'll trawl through the um, the Oscars Best Supporting Actor awards because you know that's fundamentally the, uh, the the people we're looking at. And um, it, it, it yeah, it didn't really work out for me that because um, the the, the Supporting Actor. It's basically just someone else in the film. Normally, in, in the female terms, it's normally the lead character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and in male terms, it's uh, it's not normally someone. It's normally something that's quite fleshed out and you know basically a, a co-star in their own right. And normally only in the co- the, uh, the the supporting actors category, simply because there was a bigger person that they wanted to give the, the Oscar to. Um, so it, yeah, that didn't pass So then I just saw, then I just sort of started thinking of the films I'd watched and enjoyed and thought to myself, I'd like to have seen more of that person.
1: Yeah. Cause it's always I went from tend to be like a, a wacky sidekick or a, a, another sort of interesting character actor that you might think, Oh, that would work. Yes. Yeah. Well, hit me with it, Matthew. Hit me. Let's go straight in at number what? What are we doing? Are we doing the, the Doom? Number are we going God.
0: high to low or low to high? So, so if level one is a shit yeah. on the floor and level five is an alien outbreak, yeah, it's the other way around to that then. So level five would be a shit on the floor. Number five yeah. is a shit on the floor. Number one is the one that if I was forced to only have one do it, it would be that one. Cool. <laughs> Number five. Number five. um, John Pantolino. Hi there. Future Matt here. Um, You might have just noticed that I said that guy's name wrong. His actual name is Joe Pantolino. Thank you. Who? Who? You you do know him. Um, He's the guy from Goonies. He's the the wig wearer in Goonies. Um, That's not the the character that I've picked for this, but um, he's the sergeant guy and a guy, desk guy and, um, Bad Boys. Again, not the character I picked this. Dun, he's
1: dun, in the Matrix.
0: Joe, pa- Yes, yeah, sorry, I probably missed out the probably most famous role that he did, where he is the, he's the guy like, he that loves steak. Memento, and that is the character of Teddy that I think yeah. would have, I want to see in another film.
4: A car this nice, you should
3: lock. It. Who the fuck are you? Teddy, your buddy? Prove it. Sammy, remember Sammy? You told me about Sammy.
0: Like that whole film, obviously, was focused around Guy Pearce's character, um, and it's brilliant. It's an amazing film, so innovative and, and compelling. When you're watching it, this whole sort of backwards scene where every scene starts at the end of the, the previous scene or the start of the previous scene, so it's just brilliant. But this the the motivation for Teddy's character is is is, is, not, is never really sort of fully realised, and sort of like um, where we sort of start halfway through this journey of like you know we never see um guy pierce's character as a, as a normal guy and then obviously teddy gets older him once he's got his memory lost and fundamentally uses him for his own games um would just be really cool to have like a prequel to that film where we we learn more about teddy and why he's 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 doing this mm-hmm
1: yeah fantastic and also he's kind of got an air of like the breaking bad um better call soreness about them really you know the kind of oh there's this this, it's like a scoundrel trying to drawing someone into their web you know and using them for their own gains yes it would be a great yeah, that would really work, and especially in the setting. It's dusty and it's yeah. he's just um,
0: a great character, and he's he's a fantastic little character actor as well. So it's just something I think he could happily carry on his own. um yeah. And like you know, if it all built up, built up, and 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 in, in perfect memento way <laughs> to have it every you know this backwards wouldn't even make any you know it would actually make more perfect sense. We just sort of like you know had the film lead up to the point where he meets Guy. With his, um, with his memory loss and his uh, tattoo addiction. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it would be good. Good. Yes? That's a, great, that's a great one. I do like that
1: guy. Uh, great actor. Great, great concept. Well done, Matthew. Thank again. you, Chris. <music> Number four.
0: Number four. Uh, Charlize Theron is uh, the actress. And the role that I'd like to see more of is Imperator Furiosa. From Mad Max: oh, Fury Road, that's a great choice. Yeah, because um, it, it's a bit of a cheat, if we're honest, because um, she's not really the co-star in this in that film. She is kind of like she she is the main driving force. Um, Tom Hardy's uh, character in it is just kind of reactive, and yeah, um, is yeah, it's just gut instinct and nothing else. Whereas uh, Furiosa is actually the whole entire reason the film kind of exists uh, and drives it. So it was a little bit of a cheat, but she didn't get top billing. So I'm figuring to myself, hey, I can fucking have that.
1: Yeah. And uh, she's, um, she just utterly deserved to be top billing on that movie. And if anything, yes. she should be in the mad, she should have been Mad Maxine. And, uh, you know, and I think a prequel showing how she ended up where she was and obviously the the, the escape plan that she does and everything Yeah, like that. That would be awesome. Or well, even a, a sequel. I
0: mean, we don't always have to go back. I mean, I, th- I think her character was um, set up enough for us to be able to sort of take that on, just like Mad Max was in sort of like the end of Mad Max 2 and that kind of like road warrior. Because um, I think a lot of people kind of, either haven't seen the first Mad Max or kind of forget how normal a film it was if you like really mm. um is anybody really mad max 2 to kind of introduced that sort of thematic element of the kind of you know dystopian apocalyptic world where you know the petrol king and strange punk bands uh and men on the fronts of you know lorries with flamethrowers About the streets, (laughs) yeah, it's it's not normal. Um, So yeah, so uh, I think this would it it would happily uh, springboard to another film where she could, uh, uh, I reckon, maybe kill Mad Max off straight away, and and she could just take over that character. But I think you don't want to sort of do that. You don't want to make you know Mrs. Mad Max because her character had more depth than that, and like I say, she had a purpose. Whereas I think ever since Mad Max Two. You know it's kind of the draw for mad max is, is he he doesn't have a plan. He just kind of
1: reacts to what's going on around him so yeah and a fantastic surprise hit as well great movie that was
0: it wasn't too bad was it that
1: one i loved it there you go number four
0: nice one number three hit number me with three. Number three um the big lebowski john goodman oh <laughs> walter the famous walter i think mean, this is probably one that a lot of people um, would expect to see on these kind of lists of supporting actors. In fact, basically all of the cast of Big Lebowski could probably take their own film on from it, uh, from Lebowski himself to uh, Steve Buscemi's character, Julianne Moore's character. Uh, but yeah, I picked John Goodman because he was just a fucking nutter in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would just be a good, one of those movies that don't have a point, if you know what I mean, kind of yeah. just gets up in the morning has a day, takes a shit, goes back to bed again, um, but then flesh that out a bit. <laughs> yeah, you might want a bit more plot. But yeah, yeah just I mean, him, him
1: negotiating his way through, you know, those, those uh, difficult situations that he would probably crumble at because he's, he's, po- he's suffering from uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, isn't he? Occur? Yeah, so
0: we, we could do a, you could do like a, a falling down kind of yeah. thing where he just sort of goes off to work one day but never really comes back home again.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, a great idea and, and, and a very scary character.
0: And number two? Yeah,
1: hit me with number two, Matthew.
0: Tom Hardy. Again. Yeah. Uh, well, not again, because he wasn't in a previous one. Um, but his character <laughs> of um, Eames from Inception. Inception. Now, before you bother telling me it's impossible... Make... No, it's perfectly possible. It's just bloody difficult.
3: Interesting. So Arthur keeps telling me it can't be done, Hmm, Arthur. Are you
0: still working with that stick in the mud? He is good at what he does, right? Oh, he's the best. He has no imagination. Not like you. Listen, if you're gonna perform Inception, you need imagination.
4: Let me ask
1: you something. Have you done it before? We tried it. Uh, We got
0: the idea in place, but it didn't take. You didn't plant it deep enough? No, it's not just about depth. You, um, You need the simplest version of the idea in order for it to grow naturally in your subject's
2: mind. It's a very subtle art.
0: Oh um, yes. I always thought his character there and another Chris Sturman film. I'm I'm sending this guy fucking check after check, can't I? You're um right. it, He needs it. He needs it, he's struggling a bit, isn't he? Um Yeah, so the character Eames, I thought was one of the better characters in Inception, which is tough going because it's full of very rich tableau of characters but much like um Big Lebowski. So he's kind of had this sort of like, uh, kind of special forces kind of vibe to him and stuff, but like mental special forces. So it's kind he's of. Bond,
1: he's Bond, isn't he? He's just doing Bond. But he's, a he's like a, a dream bond. Mm.
0: Dreamy bond. Dream bond. Dream bond. Don't know. Don't know what you'd call it, but. Um, uh, he's dreamy. He's dreamy. Uh, the, the whole <laughs> Inception world is amazing and something that I would like to see on the screen again. Um, and he's clearly you know and this one would probably would fit better as a prequel um it doesn't really matter I suppose just because we you know follow DiCaprio's character to the kind of his end and arc doesn't mean that that world doesn't carry on existing it's clearly a a fundamental security issue that happens people dreaming of dreams and dreamings dreams and he's clearly a a man for hire so um Mm. I'd like to see that
1: film number one I want to I'm getting uh, excited about number one, because you've done a, a sterling job so far, as per.
0: As per. Um, you're not going to recognise the name, or you might. you, maybe? Maybe maybe Daphne Keane, who played Laura in Logan, which uh, any uh, comment book nerd worth their salt knows is um, X23 from the books. Um, yeah. Yeah, little vicious little fucker she was in this film. <laughs> it was really good. I very much enjoyed um, seeing her cut people to pieces. So, that was her
1: first role, wasn't it? It was her first acting role too, I believe.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think it's one of those. And, and I'm quite excited actually because I think she is uh, going to be in the Golden Compass series alongside McAvoy, James McAvoy.
1: Oh, is he going to have his, li- his little kind of goat legs again then?
0: <laughs> no, <they're, laughs> they have little goat people, don't they? Goats, goat friends, and tiger friends, and oh, so I'm thinking, friends. I'm
1: thinking of Narnia, where he was Narnia. a little. With his nipples out with his scope feet.
0: Yeah, no, it's not, it's not that a, one. Just Mr Tomlin, yeah, with his little scarf. Yeah, the Golden T-shirt Compass was, the, uh, was a disappointing film with the polar bear in it. I don't know if you ever saw Oh, it. yes, you shall not pass. Yeah, and McKellen in it goes, so what I do is I pretend <laughs> I'm a polar bear. <laughs> it's actually where that bit comes from, because he pretended uh, he was a polar bear from that yes. film. Yes, so, but um, to focus on this, uh, <laughs> the, the film ends, obviously, uh, spoiler alert, if anyone's not seen this, what, fifth, five-year-old film, so fuck you, uh, Logan dies, Wolverine dies at the end of it, um, <gasps> and uh, she's kind of his clone, and yeah, so it, it, there's just a wealth of material out there in the comics that um, they could use, um, she's particularly young in this bit. Uh, so I think I think it'd work well and it, it it could almost certainly start up a whole kind of new especially now that Marvel's got the uh the Fox rights back and they got the uh, mutants back. Um I mm-hmm. think this is one where they could reintroduce the you know, the mutant world and, you know, take it on from the end of uh of Logan, kind of shoehorn it in a bit. They'd have to rewrite a little bit of their history and pretend that people hadn't noticed that all this shit was going on. But I guess it was kind of small scale Logan, so you wouldn't notice. Yeah, there's there, there, mm.
1: there were lots yeah. of um other little uh, kiddie actors in that as well that that all survived the Yes. And they could they went off together, didn't they, to fought to in Eden or wherever they went to, someplace.
0: Yeah. It's interesting actually, because I, I had um I, I put this in number one, um, but I I kind of had three similar um roles. So I had like um Chloe Grace Moretz in the Hit Girl and uh, Natalie Portman's character from Leon as all potential ones that could go on and do their own sort of kick-ass film afterwards. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, from comic books, Hit Girl's got her own series of books that run on from uh, kick-ass. Columbiana, I think, was the unofficial sequel to Leon and was kind of implied slightly. I think in the writing originally, it was meant to have been Portman's character from Leon. Um, mm. But then later on, they just decided not to go down that route and just kind of re- rewrote it um, almost entirely for Zoe Saladana um, to take on as an original character. So I, those were notable mentions that I wanted to do. But yeah, so but I, I plumped for Daphne Keen and her Laura Kinney character for, of X-23.
1: Excellent. Oh, fantastic. Top Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. Number one, great character as well, and then uh, all those ones I probably wouldn't have thought of. I probably would have gone for all the like the uh, supporting actors and all the crap films that we've done. So <laughs> Woody, <laughs> a Woody Harrelson from 2012, or you know, that would like, a good one, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. but <laughs> um,
0: to the uh campers
1: height, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, conspiracy theorist for movie all on his own. Perfect, there you go, there's my top five. It's very good, Matthew, and you're very good at this. And it always makes me feel nervous when you, then you bat me back another challenge. Um, so, have you, have you been thinking about a challenge for me, or is this uh, another place where we would stick an edit in?
0: We'll stick an edit in here because I, <laughs> I can't remember if it's one we've done before. Okay, Chris, so my challenge to you is. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, a bit of unnecessary tension. Aim show. Yeah. <laughs> Like X factor. Oh, can we do the I heartbeat in the background so Chris. <laughs> 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 i want you <laughs> da, 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 don't cut it there because that looked weird to da, 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 give me the top five <laughs> this has been dragging it out how do they do this on tv da, 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 da. star wars standalone spin-off films yeah. Star Wars spin-off films. Top five Star Wars spin-off films in spin-off. the ilk of Solo and yeah. Rebel One. <laughs> Rebel One. Rogue One. Rogue One. I can never remember the name of that film. It just it absolutely makes me unhappy because I love it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, look, that's a fantastic one. That's right up my street. As you know, I'm a big Star Wars fanboy.
0: You are a Star Wars fanboy.
1: But that's going to be, hard. I mean, there's obviously, there have been a lot of, there was a lot of chatter a couple of years ago of um, all these films that Disney were going to make uh, as stand-alone, uh, standalone films. And because obviously Solo didn't do as well as it should have done, they've kind of canned or shelved yeah, all their ideas. I mean,
0: they've got the Mandalorian, haven't they? Like, coming on yeah, to, to, to yeah. The they're
1: focusing, focusing more on, I think, their TV uh, content, aren't they, for their Disney channel whatever they're doing, the Disney streaming service. You know the frogs that um, Jabba the Hutt eats in, in, out of the little tank? Yeah, in uh, Return of the Jedi,
0: they're own film. They are. <laughs> How did they get there? Yeah, what's their backstory? Or the Rancor monster? Why was it so sad when it got a massive gate in the head? Mm. Well, it, was, it was sad because it died. But I mean, the, <laughs> the, it, it's um,
1: it's Keeper, the 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 big uh, the big chat that guy with the overdubbed crying that doesn't fit what he's doing do
4: <laughs>
1: cuz he's an english guy they probably thought yeah. that's a that's a stupid cry for an english man but he's not actually crying he's just sort of look he does look sad but that that that, that crying sound they put over the top of him um is just wrong just doesn't fit at all <laughs> it's not synced at all just go back and watch that if you can Yes. You know what I mean. But yeah, thanks for that top five. So I've got a top five to do, which is Star Wars. And I've got a jingle for the top five to do. which Yeah, you'll be a busy boy. Yeah, well, you the Star two... Wars one... Gone. On. you got two weeks. It's fine. I've got two weeks. And so... Okay, about four weeks, really, because the next one's going to be a film. Yeah, we're finally getting back to the film schedule. So we've had a think about this one. We know what we're doing because we've projected into the future with our films on paper. And just... It so happens that uh, the Happy Time murders have emerged onto uh, Netflix streaming service, which is one very, of our. I, I was maybe overexcited to find that the other day. I was like, "Gus, <laughs> <Yeah>. Gus, <laughs> <laughs> I did a little, uh, little excited giggle, um, <laughs> which is it's not the sort of thing you should be doing for did a you, shit uh, film. Did
0: you annoy an OAP near you with your titter, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I did a little dribble. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, we're going to do this movie, and uh, I cannot wait. Um, so that will be our next movie. So if you would like to discuss it with us, uh, let us know your thoughts if you've seen it, good or bad. Can um, I make obviously... an
0: amendment to our, our um, list of films as well, though?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because um, I, watched, uh, I watched Glass the other night. Oh, okay. I loved it. That doesn't deserve to be anywhere near the bunker. <laughs> okay. A bunker. Why, yeah. why would anyone think that was shit I, yeah, I it, did, that. That, it had bad reviews didn't it it had, it had some had
1: mixed
0: reviews, very mixed reviews but, mm. but yeah it's like that doesn't need that doesn't deserve to be anywhere near the bunker it's brilliant the way that it sort of harps on the sort of um, superhero yeah storylines and arcs and I love the way it avoids a massive end battle by because it's like it, it sort of forebodes it it never actually happens and it's just yes it's excellent Excellent film. I think I'm just I'm a an M. Charlie an, fan, and I don't think some, most people are. Well,
1: why don't we replace that then with? Because I was going through my DVD collection the other day, and I found uh, the Lady in the Water. Yes, yes, we can replace that,
0: that. That was badly that, panned.
1: That, it was very badly banned. and you can't watch that anywhere. I've tried. Um, then I, I was come round to your house to watch it. Yes, that's right. We could do that. Um, that'll be... You. Yeah, perfect. So, anyway, yeah. So, Happy Time Murders, and then if you can Next. get involved in that, uh, yeah, we'll put links on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram. We're on those. You can catch us on our website address, which is... The Movie uh, what Bunker is it? Podcast.com. The TheMovieBunkerPodcast.com. Uh You can download everything from there. And another thing, is another quick plea, if you listen to the podcast, one of our regular listeners, please... Write a review on iTunes if you can and give us a rating. If you write a review, give us a five-star rating. We'll read it out on the next show. We'll we'll print them off. We'll print it off. I'll print it off, uh, laminate it, and then I'll bring it to the next podcast. uh, We need to start
0: giving out merch, don't we? We need to start handing merch out.
1: Yeah, we'll do some key rings and prizes and mugs and things for the ones that, you know, do stuff for us that that we've asked for. So if you do stuff for us, you'll get rewarded with a prize. And... um, there you go. There you are. We've put our next on the line to say there's some merch coming. It's not hard to do merch, is it, Matthew? No. No, we've got all the logos and stuff, <laughs> haven't we? So, yeah, beer mats, uh, I don't know, flat caps, uh <laughs> oh, God knows, tea towels. Condoms. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, I, I was going to say
0: that one, but I thought, nah. That, no, that's nothing says I love you more <laughs> than a movie bunker prophylactic. <laughs> It's really. It's just the the only way to really break that final bit of ice. And no, I mean, and because it's because we
1: deal with like pit- critically panned films, it would be a really small one. It'd be extra small. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be a disappointing one. It'd be a disappointing uh, combo. <laughs> and a very bad, not flavoured. So no, not even nothing, nothing uh, good about it at all. So yeah. leave,
0: leave <laughs> a taste in the mouth. So don't. <laughs> uh,
1: just one, just one to leave on the side. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't put it in your wallet and take it out with you because you're, you know, you're just basically asking for trouble.
0: A conversation piece, though. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's it then for the, the 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 podcast.
0: That's it for this week's. Yeah.
1: How the how the way the way to end these things apart with that rambling I've decided
0: and... without going no. uh, bunker out is uh, keep watching shit films. Yeah. Uh, bye. We just had to... the, I... was one for a while. <laughs> yeah.
1: Matthew, this is kind of this is the output of our this is the the closing to our podcast because I think for the last four podcasts we've had the same conversation so this is the ending of the podcast where we but decide.
0: We <laughs> Brilliant,
1: I like it. very meta. So, okay, you've challenged me to come up with a top five jingle. I think your challenge for the next podcast is to actually come up with a decent way to end the podcast.
0: <laughs> okay, well, it seems like a fair plan. All right. <laughs> but now you hang up.
1: Yeah, you hang up.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.